Hello and welcome back to the Come Follow Me Bible Challenge. My name is Jeremy Howard and I'm happy you've decided to listen to this today. Not sure if you're a long-time listener, first-time listener, whoever you may be. Glad you're here. Glad to have you. And this is actually the first time I've joined you in quite some time, though it doesn't really seem that way. I just had a bunch of episodes released right on time while I was away for quite a while. I was on a sabbatical for about a month, and now I'm back, and I'm recording this in late July of 2023, and excited to be back with you. We are finishing up the book of Acts as we continue to go through the New Testament following the schedule that has been made by the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. We are not using the content, the curriculum content from that organization, but just using their schedule so that I can come alongside as a Bible church pastor and give you some of my thoughts if you're interested in that sort of a thing. Well, the last few chapters of Acts are on the docket today, Acts 22 to 28. I plan on keeping this brief. And uh, next week and the week after, the book of Romans is what's on schedule. Romans 1 through 6 for week 1, and then Romans 7 through 16 for week 2. Hmm, what will I do with that? You'll find out next week. But uh, until then, let's finish the book of Acts by going to Acts chapter 27. In Acts 27, we are joining Paul in the midst of being tossed around by these governmental leaders who don't like his message because they don't like God. They hate the gospel. They hate the church because they hate God. And so they are trying everything they can do to squelch the efforts of this apostle, Paul, and to uh, really, really stop what God is doing in the world, which is calling out a people for himself and causing people to recognize that Jesus, not Caesar, is Lord. And, uh, Paul here is being placed on a ship in the middle of all this being tossed around. He's, he's already talked to Felix. He's already talked to Agrippa. And uh, now he's going to Rome. And let's pick up here at the beginning of chapter 27. I'm not going to read those opening verses, actually, uh, verses 1 through 8. Though I will make a note here for those of you who are watching. You see it there in front of you. Acts 27, 1 through 8 Look at all of these proper nouns that are here. These cities and regions and just specific names of places. This is one of the really cool things about the Bible is that it's real. <laughs> the geography is real. We actually have maps of these places and everything that the Bible talks about with cities and regions and whatnot, it's it's being confirmed through archaeology. Like this stuff is uh, able to be confirmed in the real world. You can actually turn to the back of a Bible that has maps and look at a map and see exactly where he was going, where what they were up to, where they were. Uh, it, it's really, really cool. One of the coolest things about the Bible is that it's real. Well, let's uh, jump down to, uh, oh, let's start at verse 6. It says, uh, well, they were at Mira in Lycia. The centurion found an Alexandrian ship sailing for Italy, and he put us aboard it. So Luke here, who's writing the book of Acts, uses the first person plural pronoun of us. He put us aboard the ship, going for Italy. Verse 7. 
When we had sailed slowly for a good many days and with difficulty had arrived off, and look at this word, canidus. It's it's a word that starts with C-N. Words aren't supposed to start with C-N. That's crazy. Well, I'm going to call it canidus, okay? <laughs> they were sailing with difficulty, and it was slowly for uh, that they were sailing for several days, and they arrived at this city. Since the wind did not permit us to go farther, we sailed under the shelter of Crete off Salmon or Salmone. Man, I should have looked up the pronunciation of these. I'm going to look really stupid. I trust you'll forgive me. And with difficulty, verse 8, sailing past it, we came to a place called Fair Havens. Now, I know how to pronounce that. Near which was the city of Lassia. Don't know if I pronounced that one correctly either. (laughs) You know, I always tell people when it comes to these proper nouns in the Bible that you don't know how to pronounce, you just say it with confidence and everyone will believe you. But I I failed at that mission there. All right. So they're having a hard time sailing. Here is is what we're getting. That's the big picture. Verse 9, when considerable considerable time had passed and the voyage was now dangerous since even the fast was already over, Paul began to admonish them and said to them, Men, I perceive that the voyage will certainly be with damage and great loss, not only of the cargo and the ship, but also of our lives. But the centurion was more persuaded by the pilot and the captain of the ship than by what was being said by Paul. Because the harbor was not suitable for wintering, the majority reached a decision to put out to sea from there if somehow they could reach Phoenix, a harbor of Crete, facing southwest and northwest, and spend the winter there. We'll stop there. Do you remember a few weeks ago, I uh, released one of these episodes titled, Are You Listening to Paul? We looked at Paul's conversion story there in the book of Acts, how the Lord Jesus met him on the road to Damascus. He was converted and he was called to be an apostle to take his message uh, out to uh, the, the world, really. He went to the Jews first and then he went to the Greeks. And he became a, a very effective missionary to the, to the Gentile people. But he was taking God's mes- message, the message of salvation, out to the world. And I wanted to release that episode there with that that angle, I guess, that I was taking on the whole thing. Are you listening to Paul? Because there are many people who write off Paul and say, well, you know, let's look at the words of Jesus. That's what's most important. Well, actually, that's not the case. Um, Jesus commissioned apostles to speak for him. So there's an equality of importance between the red letters in your Bible and the black letters of your Bible. Paul said explicitly in 1 Corinthians 14, what I write to you is the command of the Lord Jesus. So he's able to speak on Jesus's behalf. That's what apostles do. So I was asking you that question, hey, are you listening to Paul? We're about to go through a bunch of New Testament books written by Paul. Do you care? Or are you just going to say, eh, I don't need to listen to those? Well, here today in Acts 27, we actually get to observe some people who decided they weren't going to listen to Paul. Let's go back and uh, check out that paragraph I had just read where Paul stands up and he says, I perceive. So like a prophecy here that he's getting. The voyage will certainly be with damage and great loss, not only of all of our stuff, but we're all going to die. It's a very simple, straightforward prophecy, a, a statement about what's going to happen. So 
you would think if they recognized him as an apostle, they would listen, but they didn't. They didn't recognize him as an apostle, and they didn't listen. The centurion was more persuaded by the pilot and the captain of the ship than by what was being said by Paul. The centurion cared more about what these uninspired men were saying than he cared about what the inspired apostle was saying. That's kind of like the same thing that's going on with people today, isn't it? We have preserved for us these letters written by apostles, including Paul. He wrote more letters that were inspired than anyone else. We have this collection. And yet there are also people in our lives, you could call them pilots and captains if you'd like, the captain of your ship, or some people say that you're, you know, I'm the pilot of my own life, I'm my own compass, whatever. These people we turn to, including our own hearts, and we say, Nah, I'd rather listen to that uninspired stuff than submit myself to the inspired, inerrant, authoritative, all-sufficient Word of God. Well, that's a real problem. When you embrace the teachings of fallen men who are uninspired, instead of this person who is redeemed, this person who has been equipped to to communicate the message of God through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, your life is going to end up in shipwreck. And that's not just an, you know, a word, illustrative term that I pulled out of nowhere. That's, of course, what's going on here in this chapter. They're about to encounter a very real physical shipwreck because they're not listening to the inspired Apostle Paul. I think we could pause here and just really soak that in. And, and learn something here. As we're getting ready to jump into the book of Romans, 1st and 2nd Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, 1st and 2nd Thessalonians, 1st and 2nd Timothy, Titus, all written by Paul. Philemon, all written by Paul. Um, are we going to listen to the inspired words of Paul and say, this is God's message to me. I need to adjust my thinking. I need to conform my thinking. I need to renew my mind so that I'm in line with the word of God. Or are we going to say, eh, yeah, well, that was just Paul. Well, these guys decided to say, ah, that's just Paul. <laughs> We're going to listen to the pilot and the captain because that's just Paul. So they decided to go on. Well, let's keep reading. Verse 13, when a moderate south wind came up, supposing that they had attained their purpose, they weighed anchor and began sailing along Crete close inshore. Verse 14, but before very long, there rushed down from the land a violent wind called Eurekilo. That looks like a Spanish word. I mean, this chapter maybe has the most, the craziest or the, the highest density of crazy proper nouns. <laughs> a yurakilo. I don't know how I should say that. It's like one of those derechos that you get in the Midwest. One of those, uh, like a microburst, downburst kind of thing. Maybe it's kind of like that, huh? Anywho, as they were going along, there was a violent wind that came up. Verse 15, and when the ship was caught in it and could not face the wind, we gave way to it and let ourselves be driven along. Running under the shelter of a small island named Clauda, we were scarcely able to get the ship's boat under control. After they had hoisted it up, 
they used supporting cables and undergirding the ship. And fearing that they might run aground on the shallows of Sirtis, they let down the sea anchor and in this way let themselves be driven along. The next day, as we were being violently storm-tossed, they began to jettison the cargo. And on the third day, they threw the ship's tackle overboard with their own hands. Since neither sun nor stars appeared for many days and no small storm was assailing us, from then on, all hope of our being saved was gradually abandoned. Whoa! What a statement. This is Luke writing, saying, This storm was so stinking bad. It went on for days. All hope of our being saved was gradually abandoned. Now, I don't want to get too like weird, metaphorical, allegorical here, but have you ever been there? You ever been in a storm like that and uh, in life and all hope of being saved just was abandoned? You just felt like it's over. Nothing good is happening to me. It's just loss after loss after loss that I'm taking here in this life. I got nothing. Got nothing left. I got no hope. It's over. Many people have been in that spot. And uh, here, they were going through a physical storm, a physical shipwreck, and they ended up in this spot where all hope was lost. That's what they thought. But there was still time. There was still breath in their lungs, and they still had Paul right there, this apostle who was able to hear from God and communicate to them exactly what they needed to know. So Paul is on board and has further interaction here. Thankfully, this is not where the story ends. Let's keep reading. Verse 21 When they had gone a long time without food, then Paul stood up in their midst and said, Men, you ought to have followed my advice and not to have set sail from Crete and incurred this damage and loss. (laughs) I love that. It's almost just like, hey, idiots, look what you've done. That's not what he said. All right. And that's not an accurate reflection of what he said. But that's kind of the vibe that you get, right? It's like, hey, uh, you should have listened to me. You should have listened to me. Now, have that echo in your head right now. If you're somebody who doesn't like listening to Paul, look what Paul's saying here. Look at the mess you're in. You should have listened to me. You should have listened to me. Okay, let's keep going. Verse 22, yet now I urge you to keep up your courage, for there will be no loss of life among you, but only of the ship. For this very night, an angel of the God to whom I belong and whom I serve stood before me, saying, Do not be afraid, Paul. You must stand before Caesar. And behold, God has granted you all those who are sailing with you. Therefore, keep up your courage, men, for I believe that God, or I believe God, that it will turn out exactly as I have been told. But we must run aground on a certain island. Paul says, an angel visited me, gave me this message, and I believe God. Do you believe me? That's what Paul is putting forth to them. Do you believe what I'm, what I'm telling you? Do you, are you going to follow these instructions? Are you going to listen? Your life has been made a shipwreck, but here's how we can turn it around. I mean, again, not to get like too weird, metaphorically, allegorical stuff here. 
it's a lot like with counseling. Someone comes in, has, has made a bunch of bad decisions because that person has not trusted in God, has not submitted to his word, has just made a shipwreck. Not all hope is lost. If you've got breath in your lungs, we can turn this around. There have been pilots and captains in your life who have failed you over and over and over again. They said, no, we need to go this way. No, we need to go that way. And it's, you've been shipwrecked. Let's look at God's way. Let's turn to hear what God has said. And God communicates to us through the apostles and prophets as their message has been preserved in the word of God. The oracles of God have been preserved in the Bible itself where we can hear from these apostles. There are many false apostles out there. There are many false prophets. These are just more of those captains and pilots who, who lead people astray. You do not listen to them. You listen to God. Because who knows? Perhaps those pilots, those captains, the people there on that ship, maybe they were claiming some sort of inspiration. Well, Paul claims he's inspired. Well, we're inspired. Paul says we should do this. Well, I say we should do that. I'm inspired. Listen to me. But not everybody is inspired. Not everybody is truly hearing from God. And perhaps there have been people in your life who said this is what God has said. And that person was wrong. Those people, those prophets, those apostles, self-proclaimed prophets and apostles, they were wrong. And perhaps you've heard them say, don't take Paul too seriously. It's the same thing that was going on in Acts 27 on the ship. And they suffered the consequences. So I asked you a few weeks ago, are you listening to Paul? And here I'm, I'm showing you the consequences of not listening to Paul. If you reject the word of God because you only trust certain parts of it, maybe someone's told you that, that you can only trust certain parts and that other parts you can't trust. If, what are you doing? You're rejecting the God who can save you. You're rejecting the creator of the universe who has given you his message, who has given you so much amazing truth in his word about why you were created, what your purpose is, how you can be saved from the mess of sin, where the world is headed, how God is going to establish his kingdom. All these amazing things that are in the Bible, are, they can be yours if you embrace his word instead of choosing these fallen, uninspired pilots and captains. That's your choice. And, and I, I would love for you to make the decision, if you're somebody who has, who has rejected the black letters of the Bible, I would love for you to make the decision to uh, get the ship turned around. Because if you're rejecting the Word of God, your life is not smooth sailing. I can, I can guarantee it. Your life is, is not uh, going to comport with reality. But as soon as you embrace the message that God has given us in the Bible, I'm not saying your life is going to be easy. I'm not saying... You know, it's going to be riches in the bank account or ease and comfort. I'm not, I'm not saying any of that. But you'll have truth. And you'll know where the ship is going. All right? That's my challenge to you. Oh, by the way, everything worked out in Acts 27. You should read the rest of it. Next week, we get into Romans. Join me for that. Look forward to uh, talking about that with you. Until then, the Lord bless. <laughs>